Yeah. We live now, right? Yeah. Mm. Here we go. Uh. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Welcome to Tales from a Gemini's BT. And we're going to get right to it. My guest is waiting. I think he has, I think he has babysitting duties. I don't know what he's got. But anyway, we're going to get right to my guest. I'm so looking forward. Thank you for being another, uh, for watching Tales from the Gemini. And uh, well, let's send him in. Here we go. Let's send him in. Yeah, let's send him in. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see my boy. There he is. What's up? It's cracking, man. Oh, my God. He's the pride of Whitewater, Wisconsin. <laughs> He's the black Chad Daniels, my man. <laughs> Mr. Kevin Bozeman. What's up, brother? How did I, I get the title of black Chad Daniels? I just made that shit up. <laughs> I just did, man. I know you guys are friends. You know why? It's because, man, and to be honest, it's because you guys, you know, people... In, in comedy, the average fan, they always look at the big comics, you know, the guys that come in like a Kevin Hart or, or whatever, the big names. So they don't realize the people that, that kick ass and not, not everybody knows. And I know you and Chad, you know, I don't care, I, I'll bump up myself in the mix just because we've grinded it out for I don't know how long, for the last mm -hmm. at least 25 plus. So that's yeah. why, you know, I say that. And it's like, I, I feel, and I'm, I'm glad to see Chad getting the, 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 the recognition and also you. You know what I mean? I didn't want to start off so quick getting into it. I was going to ease into it, but fuck it. I said the black Chad Daniels, and I'll stay on that. But still, yeah, that's, know. and then as long as you, when you see him, you call him the white Kevin Bose. <laughs> I will do it. Bear. You, you got to be happy, man. The NBA draft is today. Yeah, man, I think the NBA uh, offseason is uh, is the shit. It's like, uh, you know, it's like that, um, you know, in those season in the cliffhangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they wrap up the season and then they put a cliffhanger for the following season. That's how <laughs> I look at the NBA, like the free agents, the yeah. trades, the draft, and it just gets you, uh, and it happens as soon as the NBA season is done. So it just gets you hyped for the NBA season. Yeah, I'm big NBA. Well, I think all, I think all every offseason, any sport worth its worth its weight in gold, it should be like that. Every offseason, oh, you wait till next year. If, if you if your sport doesn't do that, something's wrong with your sport. I mean, especially especially like especially a team sport, maybe like football, baseball, or basketball. Your your sport should be that way. It, yeah. When the season ends, you go, oh, you just wait. We're gonna be number four in the draft. We're gonna pick up that dude, and and if so and so comes back from injury, oh, we gonna be this shit. Every sport should be. If not, then you know why even be why even be in in the sport. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, I think that's probably the biggest problem. With the NFL, don't have that problem really, because the NFL can be anybody can win. Like, NFL is week to week, come, right? No, and I'm talking about like going into the season. Anybody can go in and and shock you, and like maybe not the Jets or whatever. But if you put together <laughs> some sort of competent team, but if you look on the other hand, you look at somebody like the Miami Dolphins that came out of nowhere, yeah, and they they whooping ass. But in the NBA, it's not. It's really not like that. You see four or five teams that's like, all right, it's going to be between them. Where the NFL is not till they actually play. Yeah. You see what's going to happen. I, 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 look at the, I look at the NBA like this. It's whoever LeBron's playing, whoever team LeBron is on, and then about three or four other teams after that. That's the way I look yeah, at yeah. it. Like yeah, that's and, fair. And the East is wide. And I'm not even, you know me, I'm not an NBA fan. I, I like quote-unquote white shit, so I'm not really an NBA fan. But yeah. I will say this. The East, in the East, it's wide open. It's wide open. I think the East is uh, for the taking. In the West, I narrowed it down to three teams. Like whatever team. Who's the three? 
uh, whatever team LeBron's on. I think he, I don't, for some reason people are sleeping on Golden State. They even mentioned Golden State. I say Golden State, and this is just the West. Golden State, man, I think if they can get a good free agent, I think I think Portland. I think Portland. Portland? Yeah. All right. Well, you had me with the first two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I, th- I think the Clippers. You just I, well, you hey, threw you threw a wild card out there, boy. Hey, man, I'm 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 talking out of my ass. You know, listen. They, you say the top three. Like I I don't I wouldn't put Portland over the Clippers for sure. I wouldn't put Portland over over Denver, and I'm not sure I would put Portland over Phoenix now. With with, with Chris Paul. Yeah, man, Chris Paul is it's underrated. And, At thirty-five, he's still underrated. Underrated. Yeah, you know those all those dudes. Everybody talk about LeBron James and how long he's been playing, but Chris Paul, LeBron James, uh, played were teammates in McDonald's High School All American game. They're the same age. Oh, Chris Paul just went two years of college, and LeBron came out. But they're the they're the same age, man. And and Carmelo's a year older than him. So everybody <laughs> talks about like. You know, because Carmelo came out the same year that LeBron came out, except for Carmelo did one year of college. And he I, went that one year at Syracuse and they won. So all these cats are playing at a high level. It's just, you know, we all this medicine and advanced science and everything, yes. you saw like LeBron spends like a million a year on his body. That's really true. Russell Wilson and Russell, right, for sure. Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson the same was way. the same way. It was just like, yo, man, I, have paid, I spent like a million dollars a year trying to recover. And, and recovery and healing. So, but, but you know what? That's why those dudes deserve the money. I mean, that he's an owner's dream. Those guys are owners because if you gonna pay that guy that much money, you, I mean, you don't want a, 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 a Alan Hainsworth, Adam Hainsworth, uh, 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 Albert. Albert, yeah, Albert Hainsworth. You know what I'm talking about? They gave him all that money and he ended up fucking it all away. Somebody like did your listeners know who you're talking about? Former defensive lineman for the Washington Redskins. Yeah, and, and, and what, in Tennessee, when well, he played for Tennessee first, didn't he? he? Played for Tennessee and then he went to to the Redskins. They gave him all a whole bunch of money and didn't but they gave shit. him well they gave him money thinking he could play any scheme but really he can only play one scheme <laughs> and they was like oh shit man we thought you could do he's like nah dog this is what i did in tennessee and now y'all want me to do something else here i can't do that but i want my money and they was like man dog that's a lot of money for for a one-trick pony so nobody talks about that that dude was like living. He could do play one way, and that was it. <laughs> but you know and what? No. But if you pay somebody, he, uh, like I said, LeBron, Chris Paul, there, and uh, Russell Wilson, an owner's dream. You take that much money, you take, uh, like I said, a million dollars to keep your body in shape. Like Le- LeBron, for what he's at his age, he's really never fallen off. He's never until last year. Yeah, with it this year, he had uh, that growing injury, but he's Two never years. really yeah, fallen yeah. off. He takes care of yeah, his body. Dog. Yeah, man, LeBron is a uh, is a singular, a singular force and focus, and uh, a force of nature. A freak. Yeah, he also he, a freak too. He, I mean, you can say what you want oh, about good Lord, huh? Good Lord, he is. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you can say what you want about the advances in medicine and sport, and w- which is true with everything. You know, it's better than the old school where they played with the Chuck Taylors with with, with no cushion on the shoes and all this stuff. And sometimes they smoke before a game, or whatever. Yeah, it's different, but at the same time. He's a freak of nature because he's always been that way. They all are. You, you know who else we ain't talking about? Tom Brady is 43. And, and look looks at, look better. Looks better. Plays better. He's probably and, faster. And think about all the, the tennis players. Remember, like, um, back in the day 
when Jimmy Connors came out of retirement and everybody was fired up because he was that old dude. He made that that run in the open. I hated Jimmy. Jimmy but yeah, yeah. Right, but with that old dude. But he's he's at the age where they're at right now. And that's where they're playing. Like, remember, they was like, look how old he is and he's doing it. That's the age of these tennis players right now. And they're still Serena, Raphael, Federer. Roger Federer. All the age, right. They're all the age that Jimmy Connors was when he made that run and he was considered old and well past his prime. And these dudes are still, and Serena are still considered like number one, number two in the world. And they're at that age. So well, and I get it's, more it's not, it's not just, it's not just, um, it's across the board. It's sports across the board. Well, I get more props. Honestly, I have to get more props to Serena than any of them. Cause she had a baby. I, we have no idea what that's like. But to have a baby and come back and still be at the top of your game, a fucking baby. And then I you know. come, I mean, for men, it's just getting older. I mean, you still got to stay in shape. I mean, maybe you got family problems, whatever. But you ain't having a baby. You're not having a, a human being come out of you and then I try know. to get back in shape. So I got to give Serena more props than any of them. Any woman who has a baby oh, and yeah, comes back. For sure. Come on, man. And for so, sure. yeah. And then the, come back and come back killing. Yeah, the advances in medicine and all that. Yeah, I, I give them that credit, but more than anybody, I give Serena. And you know what? You said something. For sure. You said something that I agree with wholeheartedly. As much as I give props to Lance Armstrong, what a piece of shit of a person he is. And I saw you say that <laughs> I, I, on a pod, I think it was Chuck, Chuck Johnson's podcast. And I go, yes. I mean, he's a great, I mean, they're all doping pretty much, but he's a piece. Like he almost yeah. did, he almost did what you're supposed to do in a way is that if you know you're caught, you lie, you lie, and then you lie again, and then if you think you're caught, you lie some more, and then you point the finger at somebody else, and then you keep pointing the finger, so it goes that way, and you lie, you you work, you lie on your lie on your lie, and you stand on your lie. Yeah, man, you double, he just doubled down on. He lies. tripled down and then tried to destroy people's lives. Yeah, what a that was piece the, of That's shit. what made him. That's what made him a piece of shit to me. You know what? You know what? I always wondered. I mean, I, I watched. Did you watch that documentary on uh, on ESPN the thirty uh, uh, the, on thirty yeah, for thirty? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was watching his fiance. Like, how does she believe anything he fucking says? Like, if she asks him a question, like, hey, where were you? And he tells her, I, I know, like, right? Are you serious? I know, right? Why would I lie to you, baby? It's like, really? You lied to federal prosecutors with time hanging in the balance. And, you how know, do what you, makes how you, think do you ever? How do you ever trust somebody like that? How would I you? Yeah, I mean, to his fiance. So listen, man, we're we're talking about we we. There are people that's in love with people right now that's in prison and serving 10, 20 years in prison. And you'll be like, how is this possible? When you think about it like that, it's easy to, to date Lance Armstrong and believe him. When you and see I, the people in prison and, and people are right, sending them cakes and love letters and shit. And I can't get a date. And you're going out with a murder on death row. You're going out with a murder on death It's just something about him. It's, it's in his eyes, the sincerity. I see something in him that no one else sees. Or if they saw it, it was like for three seconds and they killed him. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Man. That shit, man. It's so fucking true. I mean, sometimes it's hard, it's hard to respect somebody in a way who, I mean, they, and they stand on it too. They'll go up with somebody in prison and like, well, he's a good man. And they'll argue with you up and down. Mm-hmm. You see it happen in a political landscape. It's just like, what? Oh. How do you not see what I don't see? Man. And it's just a whole bunch of excuses. Look, dude, this is, we, as people now, we don't know how to just be like, yeah, my bad. I was wrong. Exactly. We can't do that, you know, right? We can't do that anymore. It's is- always 
something. Well, there's, there's nothing. We cannot, as people, just be like, yeah, my bad. I was wrong. I fucked up. You know what? That's the thing about life. I mean, as a people, we're everybody, if you look at it, if you do say that, people are forgiving in the world. We always talk about second chances, unless you're Colin Kaepernick. We always talk about second chances, right? You say, like you said, my bad. And then all of a sudden, maybe you go through that little period and we forgive you eventually. But now it's like people stand on their lives and people still support them knowing they're, I mean, what, they, what, what don't they see that we see? Now, I understand sometimes like, okay, a different point of view, but, and, but I say that, but look at what Kevin Hart did. Kevin Hart said, hey, I messed up. That was a part of my life seven or eight years ago. I apologize. And they still raked him over the coals. So that, that, that's the exception. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a, a different thing. Like, um, Black America, we get, we don't get the 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 apology leeway that uh, most America do. So even if Kevin Hart apologized, that still ain't enough. You think about think about Michael Vick lost a hundred million dollar contract and went to prison, and people were pissed that he got a job as an analyst at Fox News or Fox Sports, I should say. Yeah, but but he, he right he, he, like he, he like he went to prison. He did his time. It's not like he didn't, they yeah. got away with it. He lost his job. He has a hundred million dollar contract. He went to prison. He paid his price and people are still like, how does this guy have a job? You think about Terrell Owens, like uh, Terrell Owens was like second in career everything behind Jerry Rice. And still, when it came to Hall of Fame, they were like, nah, we just don't like the way you acted, bro. Exactly. He never did. It's, it's a different animal for he us. You're always committed no crime. Exactly. Nothing. He was never in a police blotter. Nothing. You have nothing on him. And all it was was an attitude, like, like every other player in the NFL. But all of a sudden, he, he was the, the bad seed. And, and it took him that long to get there. Yeah, so I understood where he was coming from. I, yeah, oh, I Of course. I understood where he was coming from. I understood. I understood them. I actually didn't have a a big problem with them sitting them out the first year, right? Okay. Yeah. But then, but then the second year, they was like, "Nope, you're still not in." I was like, "All right, that's that's too much." And then that's when he was like, "I ain't showing up to that." Yeah. And I, I got no, I got no problem with it. I mean, if you look at look at look at Colin Kaepernick, the biggest. You want to know the thing that bothers me the most? Please tell me because about I, I, Colin Kaepernick, I'm it's crazy. Right. It's it's yeah. crazy. With my, the thing that bothers me the most for the people that argue Colin Kaepernick is they the argument that why is Colin Kaepernick the one that's speaking up? He's it's not like it's happening to him, and it and it bothers me because it's such. If you worked if you worked in a, a factory, right, and it was I always go back to to like a hardworking factory. Thing to show my uh, analogies but if you worked in a factory and you were underpaid and uh overworked uh and then the foreman stepped up for you and spoke on your behalf mm-hmm. isn't that the person that you want to speak up for your behalf yes. someone with power someone would say so someone who's got something to lose even though they didn't have to risk it at all yes. that's yes. exactly who everyone would want. So when you were telling me that Colin Kaepernick should not be doing it, it's just you trying to come up with some sort of reason to just admit that this conversation that Colin Kaepernick wants to have is making you way too uncomfortable and you don't want to admit it. So you will come up with every piece of shit reason 
besides the real reason of you don't want to have a conversation. And he, if you look at it, he's he's doing exactly what America's supposed to represent: democracy and 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 and, and stand up for your rights and the freedoms. You know, mm-hmm. that's what he is a freedom to, to protest and a peaceful pro. And and to be and to be honest, to be honest, man, they know. I mean, they're playing stupid. They know. I mean, nobody's that stupid. Nobody. They don't want to have this conversation. They, they never do. They never do. No, because you know why? I tell people this all the time. And like I got a, a shit ton of white Republican friends, and they look. I go, y'all. A lot of y'all want to uh, act like y'all about that life. Y'all want to love the black culture, love the black athlete, love the black female, love everything when it comes down to it. Got your Jordan, LeBron James, Tiger Wood posters on the wall. But when it comes time to to step up and and be there for us, man. I mean, how many how many white chicks you knew growing up smashed black dudes, and when it came time to get married, they's like, I'm gonna take this white dude. <laughs> hey, but hey, but you know, <laughs> but you know what? Hey, but, hey, hey, but you and know how what? many times when they were just like, ah, I'm just going. That was fun. That was a fun time in my that life. That was great. But Thank you so for, much. But it's time for me to be white. <laughs> <laughs> It's a I good got, run. I got a trust fund. I always have fond memories, but I got a trust fund to get to. I'm very sorry, Jamal. Right. This bye. guy will get. This guy will get advancement in his in his workplace. You, for whatever reason, will not. And so, therefore, I am securing my family, and it's time to be white again. I will bid you a for a, a, a do. That's what it is. Right. Hey, but you know what though? In, in their defense, I mean, if the dude, if the black dude they were smashing were kind of iffy. At best, I mean, yeah, sure. yeah hey, you know, it, sure, it, everyone, but that's across the board. Listen, how many, this, what is that? 1% of, it's got to be what, less than 1% of people that you meet your first love that you end up staying with. Yeah. All relationships, you, a lot of times it's on you because you're not, you're not uh, developed enough to be in a, a long relationship. Like everybody always points out, be like, oh, this person was fucking up. And then that person needs to own it. But what about your fuck ups? Like it's, I tell people all the time that marriage should be like the presidency. You shouldn't be allowed to get married till you're 35. I said, here's my thing. I said, I said 25. And before you do it, uh, the, the, the government gives you $5,000 and you have to go to Las Vegas for a weekend. Yeah, you got to go to Las Vegas for the weekend. They, they give you $5,000. If you lose it, that's on you. But they give you, the government gives you $5,000. You go to Las Vegas for a weekend, and you come back. And if you still want to get married, that's on you. But I say so $25. Man, we are struggling to get $1,200 <laughs> pandemic checks, and you giving out a willy-nilly 5K <laughs> just in case to, keep, to see if you marriage material? Hey, Boy, you, you got an ambitious America, homie. <laughs> Hey, let me tell you, you something. Have, I remember growing you have up. You an ambitious America. I remember growing up, and this dude, this is why I left Oklahoma. This is why I wanted to leave Oklahoma. I wanted to leave anyway growing up. But I remember working at a plant in the summertime, and this dude was like, not, he was 18, 19. I think 18. And he goes, I go, man, why are you getting married? He goes, well, my girlfriend put whipped cream on my pecker. And I and no one's ever done that before, and that's why I'm going to get married. And I swear to God, he said it like that. And I go, okay. And I go, I got to get the fuck right. out of here. And I, I get the fuck out, right? Yeah, and that was in a plant. That That's because you know why? You know why? You know why? Because uh, he is giving you a, a viewpoint from an ugly person, <laughs> right? No, it's true. Listen, it's true. You are a good-looking dude. You have options. Uh, somebody put whipped cream on your pecker. That just comes with being BT. <laughs> but that dude, that ain't that dude. That ain't. 
that do. So sometimes you you have to you have to also look at your life and see the value in it and where it is where it's gonna go. And you if you already maxed out, like if that dude is like, this is where I'm gonna be at the factory. I'm not gonna get yeah. any better. Yeah. So this is me. But if you can visualize yourself, and I, as much as people get on Kanye, Kanye back in the day was like, I'm a Mary Kim Kardashian. Before she even knew who he was, he was like, I'm a Mary Kim Kardashian. And sure enough, <laughs> he married her. Like, cause he, he, he projected like outwards. And when you got that kind of foresight, then that's, yeah. that's great. But, but, but some people. I said, that shit about, I said that shit about Mary Lou Retton when I was a kid and that didn't work out for me. When she won that go in 84, when I saw Mary Lou Retton, I was, I was like, oh my God, I'm in love with this girl. And I was like, I'm a Mary, Mary Lou Retton. And that didn't happen. Well, I mean, it's still time. <laughs> I don't marry some old ass gymnast. She's about my age. I don't want some old beat up ass, some beat up ass gymnast. I mean, I don't now know what see, she looks that's, See, now we're getting to the heart of the matter here. Your shallowness is what's holding you back. <laughs> How about that? I'm How about always, you looking at that? Hey, I've always been shallow, but I mean, I think I'm of getting course. better. I think I'm always getting better. I think you know. I think. Of course. I think. I mean, you know. I, I I think. I think. Listen, the key, the key to happiness, the key to happiness, and it's always been the key to happiness, and will always be the key to happiness, is self love. Oh yeah. You right? No, but there's that's but so many people get in relationships because they don't love themselves and they expect that person to provide all the love for them. Like you ever hear those, you taught me how to love. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Shut your dumb face. Or oh. uh, without you, without you, I was, I was lost. I was lost in the darkness, in the shadows of hell. And you brought me out. Shut the. You taught like, me you so supposed much. To be, you're supposed to be like, yo, I'm, I was out killing it. Thank you for coming on board and helping me continue to kill it. That's that's when you should get married. If you're out killing it, like how are you going to go and support a relationship if you you can't self-support yourself? And I'm not even talking financially. I'm just talking about being good and waking up and liking who you are. Why would you expect? It's the same thing I tell comics that's starting out. Like why, if you don't think the joke is funny, why do you expect someone else to think it's funny? You have to, you have to like your material first. Because a lot of times people just write these jokes and they pull all these trigger words and they come up with a topic that they think is trendy, but they don't necessarily think believe it's it. funny. It's just some they generic, it. yep. right? It's just some generic formula that they're creating. Like you got to believe that it's it's funny it's the same thing in, in the relationship you gotta you gotta love yourself before you expect someone else to to love you it's funny you said i remember being in a comedy competition and i remember there was about four white guys in a row they're all chubby all had flannel all had round rim glasses and beards and they went one after another and i'm like wow i mean it was like it was like an assembly line of the same comic and you know they're saying jokes they don't believe in. They're just saying, you know, like, hey, who's that an atheist out there? You know, like, uh, really, guys? I mean, I, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. But also, when it comes to relationships, also, I just think you got to go. And I, and I was talking to Wyatt. Wyatt's my producer. And I call him White Wyatt because Wyatt's like 19. For some reason, I get along good with, like, lesbians and white guys that are, like, 19 years old. For some reason. And my producer's, like, wow. 19 years old. Cool. That's that's a weird fun fact. It, it, but it's the truth. I don't know why. And I told Wyatt, I said, you got to be like, at least for me, 
you got to be like, okay, like that's the person you want. And I think, I, I think a lot of relationships don't work because you're not really with the person you want, want. I mean, I, people are lonely and I get that you're lonely. So, so you kind of pick somebody like, okay, they're, they're not really what I really wanted, but I'm not going to be lonely. And so you go, okay. And you, you kind of fake these things. And that's why I think people have arguments. I mean, like knock down dry arguments because somebody has that power in a relationship. Like say, say a girl like knows that you really like her and you do everything you want for her. And you know, you're not bad, but she can't get to do what she wants. And she knows that, Hey, you know, that you will treat her right. So she goes, okay, fuck it. I'll marry this dude or whatever. So she's always gonna have the power over you. And that's, and she'll always argue with it. Maybe if you're late, where were you? And she'll always be on your ass. But if she, but if you were the dude, she really, really wanted, I don't think it'd be that way. I think it'd be more smooth sailing than if you went out than if you went out with somebody who you didn't really, really want, but you kind of settled. And I always say if yeah. you settle, if you and I told why I did yesterday. I said if you settle, here's what happens. You go, okay, fuck it. Um, I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna marry this person because I'm getting, you know, I'm older, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of cool. You know, we we kind of get along. We kind of get along. So last thing you do as a free person, you stop in, say you stop in a 7-Eleven and you get a Slurpee. And you go in and you turn around like, oh shit. And a girl, you I mean, you physically want on it it's standing right in front of you like oh shit and she looks at you like oh shit and y'all start talking and vibing and she's saying all the shit like oh yeah and you're saying all the shit she's like yeah and she goes hey you want to go spend some time together today and you go i can't i'm going to get married and that's what i feel like that's what if you settle that's what happens so unless uh, this happened at a 7-eleven while getting a slurpee <laughs> but that's what you do that's what you do your last thing is a free person you go get a slurpee i mean that's what you do you get a Slurpee, man. I mean, that's the way I look at it. I mean, that's what you do. You stop, you get that Slurpee. You met the love of your life at a, a 7-Eleven. Listen, man, I grew up Slurpee. Listen, I grew up in Oklahoma, man. Oh I set my, my God, goals dude. medium high. I, I don't I don't that see is that. too funny. But it's the truth though. That last thing you do as a free man, you get a Slurpee and you turn around and bam, dream girl is there. And you go, fuck. And you walk down the aisle. Yeah. Like, the fuck yeah. am I doing? You know, that's yeah, why I, I hear you. That's why I, I, I of course I hear you. <laughs> no, you don't. You just say No, I totally hear you. I think it's a it's a weird story. It's a, it's a fresh out of a 1980s movie. But yeah, I, I hear you. This is this is uh yeah, it's great. It's a Rob Lowe, it's a Rob Lowe fit flick, but there, I dig it. You know, I was going to ask you before we before we got on a little tangent. I was going to ask you, and it was so funny because we started we a little bit about. Colin Kaepernick. I don't know. You used to have your, your Kaepernick jersey in the corner. Where, where is it? Did you take it down? No, I, I do have it. I, I do have it. It's right there. It's just not uh, okay. hanging up. Okay. Now, now I, I, I got it. Like it's 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 right off to the side there. But, now, do you, yeah. now do you, I'm just read. I'm read. I'm redoing this room a little bit. You can see this is a giant love bag that I'm. <laughs> my son had. I'm about to sell this, and love, so love I, bag. I'm just, it's a love bag. It's like a love bean bag. It's a huge. It's, it's too a bean big bag. Bean you talking bag. about me being in the eighties? You talking about me being eighty? A bean bag. Dude, That's my, no. Okay. For one, it's my son. It was his idea. He wanted it. It's too big for his room. Okay. And uh, it, I mean, look, this look. It's massive. That's Damn. not a bean bag. That's a that's a that's a love bag. Is what they call it. A love chair or something like that. I don't know, but he's it's too big for his room. So. We're selling it, and then um, how do you wash that? Like, how do you clean that? You just you the the cover comes off, and then you you, you wash it. Oh, like a duvet. Throw it in a washer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. okay. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Well, back to yeah. Back, I want to get on, on, on the cap. Now, now, do you look at the NFL the same way? 
or whatever. Cause I, I personally, I never could after the way they treated him, and I know Jerry Jones was behind all that shit. I I still cannot get with the NFL to this day. Like I'll glance in and see what's going on, but I it, but it's just and th- and then they have the nerve to do commercials about you know social justice and all this stuff, and I go. Well, shouldn't Kaepernick be in these commercials? Because he was the re- he's the reason for those commercials. So, I mean, do you look at the NFL the same way? Uh, yeah, I mean, I look at America the same way. So, the, have you always NFL or has it changed? Part. But have, have you always or has it changed? Uh, so, that's a good, great question. I, here's probably my answer. My answer is probably, um, it's just something that I've always known but never really had to the conversation with myself about it. It's just something that I knew that uh, America's, if you look at everything across the board, like you and me as standup and and how we're judged as comics, like um, there's been times I've had incidents with club bookers that rules apply to me that didn't apply to other people that was, that was on the show. So if if that's, give me an example. Just one time I was doing a, I was doing a comedy club and uh, I was co-headlining okay. with a comic and um, white dude, and he went first and uh, he's killing, right? He's doing great, but he was so dirty, so, like over the top dirty. And then he got done and then the, the owner is cracking up, laughing, just dying. And then when he gets done, he says to me, he's like, hey, make sure you, you keep it clean. We got a lot of older couples in here. And I was like, what the f- are you serious? What are we talking about? Like it's just one of those. It's just one of those things where I like my material for whatever reason was judged differently. If I said something that came out of my mouth that was blue or 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 offensive or whatever, it was judged differently than my white counterpart. But that's just like a basic basic example of how America is different for us than it is for others. And so yeah, Colin Kaepernick. Same thing. Um, when we get pulled over, same thing. And the advancements in jobs, same thing. It's just, it's the world you live in. That being said, as far as football, I gamble. So uh, I watch. I watch. I gamble, dude. You, you can I gamble. separate your head from your heart, basically. What you yeah, mean. yeah, I gamble. So I look at football as a chance for me to make money. I don't look at it as... Like when, like I don't like you know I'm a Bears fan, but I don't, I don't lose sleep over like I used to when I was a kid. When they would lose, I would take that shit to bed with me. Yeah, man, you I, it, it I hits you in your like, heart. So you that's heart. so that's where probably the biggest difference is. It's like I still watch it for its yeah. entertainment value, but uh, I like I'm not rocking. The only jersey I would rock is a Kaepernick jersey now. Like I don't rock jerseys and shit like that. Um, I root for my team, but when they lose, like that shit don't don't sting. That's what I'm having a hard. And honestly, that's what I'm having a hard. The last four years, I had a hard. I'm having a hard time trying to get in the right mental state to get through this life. Yeah, because for sure. I, because what happened to him, and then you see what happened with that. You know, with the election and and you know, pumpkin pussy neck running the country and what he's doing, and it just and honestly, it just put me in. And I saw what he was doing. And the lies, well, it's about the economy. And I know it's not. And I know what it was about. And I hate the fucking lie. And honestly, it, it was the hardest thing in the world to go up to an audience during that period. Because I looked at and all I saw was him or his support. And I just, and it, and I, I've had the hardest time the last four years, man, trying to trying to get the right mental state. I really have. I mean, I've, I just. I know, man. 
And then especially when you see that over 70 million people, it's like, yup. I mean, I mean, you, you said that's how many people. Yeah, you said it best before. I mean, it's, and I still feel the same. And now what he's doing, and I see what he's doing. Because like, like, like I always say, I, I used to lie a lot. So a liar knows another liar. Like uh, like we used to say, game recognized game. So right. I know a lie when I see a liar. And exactly and he's doing everything you're supposed to do to set it up. Like, they're cheating me. It's like, whatever. Dude. And I see what's going on and how people. Well, it's like it's like the land of the zombies, man. Whatever he says, they follow. And I'm just going. I know. And, and people won't go. People and, won't just say, yeah, doc, I voted for you, but you lost. Stop being a piece of shit. Okay, but okay, now they won't do that. But here's here's the thing. In a way, I can see how the white people voted for. Okay, in a way, it's like okay, par for the course. But what really irks me is when you see the black people that voted for him. Which, by the way, they can't. It's you know, it's America, freedom, whatever. I see. But it's not the fact they voted for him so much. It's the fact they take up for him and they just drive home the fact. Oh, this guy is. This, he's not what you think. And that when you that, live what, in Oklahoma, how do you not? How do you not know? Um, like this about black people because there's a large I would think like the Candace Owens of the world there's a large segment of the black population not majority but enough people where they think that there is no racism there is no there is no inequality the reason the reasons all the problems that black people are having is put on either upon ourselves or the Democratic Party is sh shrouding us. So Trump represents to them exactly what they want. Like he is a representative of how they feel about the black community. And then there's another group of black people that's been so disenfranchised with, with politics and so out of the loop with politics all they saw was a stimulus check that came out of nowhere. And it was like, great, if he gonna put money in my pocket or look, the economy is thriving and I'm, I'm working instead of going, you are working, but what you don't realize is that you ain't making the money that your counterpart is exactly. making and you will never be considered for advancement. Yeah. You are stuck there, and but they don't see that. They're so caught up in the living of day to day that that's what they see. And also I agree with what Obama said, like, you know, that, that hip hop culture, like that's what it is about Trump, making money, fuck people, get yours. There it is. It's almost and so there's, there's that, there's that group of people, but I think the heart of the heart of the black people that came out showed where we stand collectively toward him. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I feel the same, but I also feel with the Candace Owens, I always feel women's point of view on anything is always a little different because they, I mean, yeah, but what about, what about those twins that, uh, was, I don't know their names, the weightlifting dudes who do, uh, the, the, the do twin comedy? dudes that, 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 no, the, tw no, the twin dudes that support Trump, the, the twin black dudes, the looks no, there's two black dudes that they're conservatives. I don't even know. Wait, but, but they do comedy, right? I don't know if they do comedy. I, I don't know if they I think, do comedy. I think they're kind of yoked up. They're like bodybuilding dudes. Maybe. Yeah, I've seen those dudes. Man, fuck those dudes. I mean, I, like, I, I kind of get mad. <laughs> no, here it is. I kind of get mad because, and you know me, man, and, and we've had this discussion before, and I, I, I talk about it all the time. I know my weaknesses. Like, like I know, like, I, like I said, and, and the funniest thing you've ever said, we've talked, remember I, I was like just, I go, man, why? 
why can't, you know, I, I don't, why, why, why don't black audiences like me? And you said, because you talk about Pearl Jam. And I had to laugh. <laughs> and I mean, that was one of the greatest, but it's the truth. I mean, I, I know who I am. Yeah, I do a lot of quote unquote white shit. Like I love rock and roll. I mean, I love all, all music, but you know, rock and roll and, and, and motor, you know, motorcycles are my thing and motorcycle racing and Formula One. And I like, I like, I like you know, a lot of white shit, but at the same time, it's weird because- You're you still t- black. Yeah, exactly. There, and it's almost, and, it's, and and no matter how, you know, white people think, think I am or whatever, or, or but there's never been a time, there's never been a time where I thought, hey, I'm different. I mean, I know, I mean, no matter what, I know deep inside, you know, like after everything is all said and done, if I disagree with them on a certain point, then what I am, you know what I mean? So I, I've always yeah. known that. I've always known that. So and I, like I told my buddy, I said, you take away, you take away like uh, the motorcycle racing and the white girls and the, and the rock and roll. Hey, man, I'm like Malcolm X. I'm like Malcolm X light. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so, yeah, gonna... I agree. That's you. That's fair. <laughs> so I know, but that's what makes me so mad. It's like, but like I said, man, in a way it's like, okay, you have the freedom to do that. And I've been called sellout because of what I did or whatever. And, and rightfully so. They didn't really know me. What do you but, mean? Who called you a sellout? Oh my God! Growing up, that's all I heard. Growing up, because I because okay, you understand? You grew up in the seventies and eighties in Oklahoma, and yeah. you know, and you grew up like, and my neighborhood was you know predominantly black. We had white people like by maybe three blocks down, and you know we got along and everything. But at the same time, you know, seventies, eighties—that's a different time, and the line, and the battle lines were drawn. So here I am, you know, got white friends, whatever, and they're looking at me like this. You know, you know, I've been called Oreo and sellout. You know, you ain't no motherfucking white boy. You know, and I and I got it, and I understood that. I mean, I've always said if I was if I was a street dude, if I was as street, you sit there with your scone and latte, I get it. <laughs> no, hey, let me off the subject. Hey, hey, I get off, where you guys are coming from. Hey, off off topic. I was on stage a couple um, like last month in, in El Paso, and it's me and some brother. You he's like right, brother, brother. We were going at it. And and he was like, how real he was. He go, man, I ain't never been to Starbucks. <laughs> I go, God damn. I mean, that was his way of saying he was street. He go, I ain't never been to Starbucks. I go, God. <laughs> but like I said, I get that shit. If you're if you're from the hood or whatever, you saw me. I get why you wouldn't like me, and I understand that. I mean, I I, I respect them, but I, you know, but look, if they for them looking at me. I get it. You know what I mean? That's why I go out of my way to say hi to him or have him, or try to have a conversation with him. I get that. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I always known who I was collectively. I always known who I was and, and where right. I navigate. You know what I mean? Right. I, I've always known that. Always. I wasn't blinded by, uh, by, by that fact. I mean, there was always, there's always a little example. Let me know how black I really was. Like a, like a white girl's parents. You know, uh, the, the, way yeah. cop, the way cops did that U-turn and, you know, and the line of questioning and stuff like that. Like, all right, man. Okay. You know? Yeah, so, yeah I mean, you know, we're in this yeah, together. That's but, the game. That's the game, man. But, but that's why that's, the game. That's, that's why mentally. You know, it's, you know, it's, you know, it's funny is uh, uh, Chuck D from Public Enemy is, you know, is the man. But he when he talks about music, he's like, man, I don't fuck around with that. R&B shit. I'm more heavy metal, and nobody says anything to Chuck D about that. Well, it, it, I, I'm, I'm right? glad. Chuck D is is, is heavy metal. Ch- Chuck D is more likely to have your music playing than than any other black person's music playing, 
And who gonna tell Chuck D that he'll sell out? And, 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 and you know, and the thing about I love that because Antrax did a song. He did a song on Antrax back in the day. Mm -hmm. Nobody really talked about, and I loved it. And that's why that's why when it came to rap, that's why Run DMC was always my favorite because Rock Box changed my fucking world. Because you know, growing like I said, growing up with the rock and roll, and people gave me all the shit. And then my luckily my brother I always had the best of both worlds. My brother listened to you know hip hop and house and ever. My parents were you know old school uh, R and B seventies R and B. But my brother brought home Rock Box, and I heard that I go, that's what the fuck I'm talking about right there, because they had the, the, the you know the guitar solo, and then that, yeah. but, but but the beat down 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 down. So it was like yeah. it was the best of both worlds, and that's why Run DMC always had a great place in my heart, man. And I fucking love that, and that's why I connected with them. Like oh, they got rock and roll, but they're rap at the same time, and they tried yeah, to yeah, they was. It's tricky. It's had it has a lot of every Run DMC piece, song, obviously King of Rock. King of Rock, I'm the king yeah. of, I mean, that's a rock and roll song, basically. What they did, I fucking love. Run DMC, man, hit me hard, bro. And I went to yeah. go see them in concert, and they're great in concert. I mean, I went to go see them, but they had Public Enemy open up for them. And that changed my fucking life, because I didn't know anything about Public Enemy. And I'm sitting there all of a sudden here, I go, what the fuck, is that a tornado? <laughs> and they came out, and I was like, dude, I was like, I love these guys. So... They'll, those two shits right there changed my fucking life and how I looked at everything. And I then I got deep in it. Man, me, I don't know if you knew about it, but then I started getting, oh shit. So I started I read Malcolm X, the autobiography of Malcolm X. That changed my life too because, you know, as long as we've been doing this shit and you know how we do our shit. And so, you know, you're on the road, you know, I have a, a suspended license or whatever. So, you know, whatever. Or maybe you're driving someplace. You, this is back in the day before there's Google Maps or whatever. When you had to, you literally had to have the map here and you put the light on while you're driving. You know, yeah. you have to do that shit. So, yeah. if you, so from from autobiography of Malcolm X, I knew how to talk to a cop without getting a ticket because if a cop saw me in a neighborhood I wasn't supposed to be in, right? Yeah. I say he's behind me. I would stop the car and take him and get out and go, officer. I'm so lost. Could you tell me how to get the blah blah blah? And he go, Oh yeah, you want to go? Thank you so much, buddy. I appreciate it. And I mean, and that's what Malcolm X would do also because when he would get pulled over, I mean, he would stop and he, you know, initiate like, excuse me, officer. But as you could tell, I'm lost. You know, maybe get a little giggle out of the cop. And I'm, I'm so sorry, blah, blah blah. And the cop instead of like giving you like a hard time, you go, oh, this guy is really lost. He's not really looking to, you know, rob anybody. So that always helped me when I had a suspended license. I went about, yeah. man, I don't, I went about fuck, maybe 10, 15 years, man, driving like that. I mean, I, yeah. I've only got my shit together maybe in the last. I can't really say it's together, but the last maybe five years it's the only time i've consistently had a had a valid driver's license and insurance and paid car insurance in the last five by, by, by six years i mean baby steps hey operation baby steps that's what it is man i mean <laughs> that's what it, but you know what but that's why i want, I want to talk to you back because honestly it's like we kind of grew up together in a way doing comedy in a way where we always knew about bows and people don't understand how hard this shit is and I call it the stripper syndrome because I don't know about you. When you first start out, it's so much fucking fun. You're traveling. You know, one-nighters are fun. You know, you're doing right. your thing. You know, after the show. I mean, it was a fun thing. It was all about fun, fun, fun. And you're doing your thing. And then, you know, it, it, but you should set your goal. So all of a sudden, you you know, everything's all fun and games. All of a sudden, you wake up one day like, oh, fuck, no, no one's getting these table dances. You know, how come, you know, I'm sitting here going, how come no one's coming to this table? How, I don't have the heat like this girl here had. And that's what, being, that's what doing comedy does. And the fact that we're still in it. And that's and that's what both respect because you come to you come to to uh, the comedy clubs now like when you came here to Helium I went to see you I'm like fucking that you're still doing it still writing still and and and, and I always want to ask you this as a comic you understand what I'm trying to say like has it ever bothered you that you didn't that you're not a household name or that you're not, you're not bigger than what you oh. are 
Oh, God, no. Listen, it's a few things. One, as I said, um, we're going to get the same opportunities as other people have. And I've had opportunities that I squandered. Yeah. So, like in um, example, like example. Like just that. like, you know, when I did some TV stuff and people was interested in me, but I had, I wasn't really writing. Like I had a set and I was just about what you said, just going out and performing and having a good time, but yeah. not taking the craft seriously. Yes. And there was people that was genuinely interested in me and I should have been doing what I do now. Uh, but, you know, man, like, I was out in New York for a minute and I still go to New York and LA just to make sure that like, I'm still doing the right thing. But the, the degree of success is just like, I always say your, your success is depend on how happy you are, not like what you got and what other people didn't have. Cause part of that is like, you know, a lottery experience. You got to be a little lucky. And regardless of what people say about Kevin Hart and Amy Schumer, no one outworks them. No one outworks right? Kevin. I mean, no one, Amy Schumer too, before, before she had the baby and stuff. Those two people, they did all of those things. She had a show. She was doing stand-up everywhere. She was always writing. She's movies. She was covering all of it. Same thing with Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart was doing the same thing. Yeah. Performing all the time. TV show. Kevin Hart didn't have to do TV. Dude, let me tell you something. His show was right. underrated. The one on BET, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the Real House, uh, House the Husband. Real Husbands of, of Hollywood. Uh, yeah, that yeah. show was that show was incredibly funny and no one talked about it. That right. show was great. And so they they outworked each other. So so I factor in all the things, like, yeah, could I be a little bit further along? Uh for sure, but I mean, I'm not in a bad spot. By no, any you're not means, in a bad so. spot. But does it needle right. you? Does it? I mean, does it? I mean, at the end of the day, does it a little bit? Does it needle you a little bit? Like when you see, and no name, I, but you ever see a only because only because I'm only because I'm competitive. But I don't only because I'm a competitive person. Do I see myself going? Um, yo, I should be here as opposed to there. But all of that being said, like I always say when I'm when I go to LA and New York, it doesn't matter where I'm going. I'm like, give me the mic. Like I always love, like, give me the mic. And a lot of times too, like, I don't know how much, how often you still go to LA and New York perform, but a lot of times, man, you know, a lot of these clubs and stuff, they, they're pretty cool with me. You know, they give me like the spots, yeah. like, that you know you would think that you would you would get or be it like closing out the show or making sure you got a prime spot so right. it's uh it's all good man it's all gravy i mean yeah i should be further ahead but i like i said i'm not in a bad spot either so but did it, what were your goals though i mean because i think that was a big to me that I wish somebody would have pulled, but, I, but I, who's in the, who's to say that I would have listened? You know how you are when you're younger, in your twenties, whatever, and you're killing it out there. You know, who's, yeah. I would listen. But my, go ahead. My friends, my my friend uh, Pat McGann, uh, who oh, opens up for dude. Sebastian, super yeah. funny. I always say, like all stand up should follow his model. Like he was at Zanies and hosting and just building the sets, building the sets. Then he wrote and like small sets to 
to get on TV and he got on national TV, Letterman a couple of times. And I believe he did uh, Colbert. Mm -hmm. And then um, he went on tour with Sebastian. He found a dude and that put him in front of a lot of people. Yeah. And now he's on the cusp of being a star himself, but he went about it the right way where I was just like doing it just to see if I could do it. I never thought it was going to be a career. And then when they started paying me for it, I was like, what? Like getting paid where like, it was like my job, but I never sat down and was like, I'm going to be a TV star. I'm going to be a movie star. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I was like, I'm doing stand up and I'm getting paid for it. Yay. Yeah. I want to keep getting paid for it. And that was it. But, but the blueprint, it's, it's changed though, also. The landscape has also changed, also, which, but at the time, I just wish I would have had a, somebody would have put me inside and said, here's what you gotta do to get here. This mm -hmm. is what you wanna go to get here. But I, mm -hmm. I say that. But that's part of that though. Part of that though is this, is, well, here, which brings us right back to uh, society again. Um, black people are left to fight for scraps. Yeah. So we're left to fight, we know. So like when I auditioned for Last Comic Standing, like I know I'm not auditioning for the last 10 spots of Last Comic Standing. I'm kind of auditioning for two spots, <laughs> right? Because yeah. there, there ain't no way that if the 10 funniest people uh, in the, on the show are black, they're not gonna have the 10, they're not gonna have an all black show. No, you crazy. <laughs> right. But I know that they want to have one or two black dudes. So I know that I have to fight for those two spots. My point is, it's like, we're, we know that we're all scrapping against each other. So therefore it is in our nature to not uplift because we view each other as, as threats. Threat. So that's why yeah. you and I never got the pep talk where for one, there wasn't many, uh, black comics on the mainstream circuit that right. would take us under the wings yes and the ones that did do it was wasn't they they didn't have anybody to take them under their wing so it's just like yeah you you got to start that like if you're gonna if you do that you have to start that process with with if you see a young black comic you yes. got to take them and be like this is what you need to do that, that's, that's the only way it do. starts yeah that's what I and, I and that's what i try to do when i when i get the chance or the power to do it i definitely do it and and i take that page from you i mean nobody understands man no one understands life and from a, a perspective that you do like like you nobody i mean in the game that i know of to this day comic i can sit down and talk to talk to I mean, a comic I can sit yeah. down and talk to, nobody gets it like you do. I mean, we've had conversations where, like, you know, I remember, like, you, you, know, you had me on, on your Thanksgiving show, you know, your Thanksgiving Eve show. And I said, thanks, mm -hmm. man. You go, hey, man, you know, if I don't watch out for you, who, who will? If I don't watch out for my people, who will? And, you know, the, the other things you said to me, I mean, nobody, you nail it every fucking time to the point I go, yeah. I mean, it's like what you just said. It makes sense because I remember... The way she said it at the time, my manager, the way she said it when I was in L.A. and I was feeling myself and I'm like, I'm, I feel like, you know, I felt like I was, it's about to happen, it's about to happen. So when I didn't get it, you know, Alonzo Bowden would get something. And, I'm, and I remember my manager was like, hey, they, they like this Alonzo guy. So, and I don't know if she did it on purpose, but the way she was kind of saying it, and maybe it's the way I interpret it, was that we were in competition with each other. So, mm -hmm. so I built up an animosity toward him, like, man, fuck this guy, Alonzo. And so I was like, man, fuck, and I, I had an animosity. And so when I met him for the first time, he was so cool and so like, hey, what's up, BT? And I was like, I will never, ever, ever let that happen again. Right. I, but I, you I, see that? Did you see that? Um, 
uh, the ESPN where they had where they broke off like Jamel Hill and uh, what's the uh, car- who's the one that used to host the first take? Uh, Jamel Hill and uh, uh, no, I didn't see, I didn't see that, but I didn't see that though. But 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 anyway, they have their own like little podcasts and stuff, and they and they talk about like, you know, how it's made to be like they're pitted against each other. Yes. When they're like, no, like we are, we are looking out for each other because it was either one or the other would yeah. get the spot, and it was made to seem like she beat you out. Yes, but in reality, it was just like you could have just put us both on if you really liked this. But you, you know, you have even these super places that scream liberalism still has uh, um, properties in place where they make sure that there's a hierarchy for us oh. that we 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 fight for we fight for scraps. Well, a person, I think that's why they let Max shine or have the black point of view and let Stephen A, because I don't know if Stephen A believes what he says or whatever, when he says, we talked about Kaepernick or whatever, because I, I watched something where Corey Holcomb said how he met Stephen A on the street, and he talked to him, he goes, okay, it makes sense now, but, you know, I think they let Max have that point of view because he ain't going to get in trouble. Now he's going to be in trouble for calling out the establishment, and he's part of the establishment. Are they going to fire him for having a point of view like that? You know what I mean? So, But yeah. Stephen A, then he's going to be more in trouble. So Stephen A can have a – he has to have a, a point of view almost – he almost has to be on their side in a way how he's coming off. <laughs> there you are. Yeah, we back. Yeah, we back. What's up, bro? Okay. I know. You know you know, I only got like two minutes left because I got to go and do this other – I got to do another thing. I told you I, I know, gave man. You, I told I know, you I, gave, I, I know, had it out. I know, man. Hey, but. I just want to appreciate, I, man, for the bottom of my heart, I appreciate you doing this for me because, man, I, I still look up to you, bro. And we, of course, I, man. And we, I mean, I, but I was texting you like, hey, go be on the what podcast. You were so matter of fact. I was like, does he really want to fucking do this? So, I mean, so, man. Yeah. I, I, no, I, I for, of course. for the bottom of my heart, man, you've been an inspiration to me. And I mean, it's bottom of my heart, inspiration to me in everything because, you know, when I, it, the comedy's like this, the business like this, and you've always been there like, okay, and then your advice is fucking aces, man. So thank you. I mean it, dude. Oh, thank you, Seriously, man. I'm going to be all fucking lovey-dovey and shit, but I want to say thanks for that being an inspiration. Uh, we go way back, homeboy. Love yeah, you. and I mean it from bottom heart. And if you guys want to know uh, anything about Kevin Bozeman, go to his website. He also has a podcast called The Ball Hog Podcast. Please check it out. And he gives uh, gambling advice, talks about sports and everything else. And God damn, man, just one of the best comics around that's under- under underrated man so thanks kevin i appreciate you bro all right homeboy let's do it again I definitely so. man definitely we didn't get half the stuff i want to talk about so we definitely will man i know all for right, sure bro. for sure thanks man all right appreciate Peace you out. brother deuces yeah yep deuces god damn and i i mean it from the bottom of my heart i love that guy one of the greatest comics i really mean that one of the greatest comics ever you see ever see kevin bozeman please go get him go watch him how great was that man i mean it from the bottom of my heart i've known that guy for over 25 years and we started out, it started out, bam, we hit the ground running, did we not? We literally hit the ground running, and we didn't stop, and it was seamless. So thank you guys for watching. I hope you, I hope you enjoyed it. Please uh, hit me up. You know, give me some uh, you know, criticism or tell me how much you like it, whatever. I, I'm, 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 I can take it. So uh, thank you guys for watching on Tailspin and Gemini. Because of you people, I'm enjoying the hell out of my life. I appreciate you. And like I say about this time, you know what I say. Bye.